I've got a good teaching for you. I'm gonna, this isn't normal. What I normally do on Tuesday nights is we're, we're kind of laser focused doing prophetic and things like this. But I wanted to continue with our Christmas theme because I felt like it would, it would really fit well with this theme of the supernatural and dreams and prophecy that we tend to be on on Tuesday nights. And so I want you to take your Bible. I want you to open to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. And would you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's Word. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his, uh, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, uh, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Joseph her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. While she thought of these things, behold, an angel of the Lord. Everybody say, an angel of the Lord. Angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. They will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's the name of our series right there. Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took him, his wife, did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Wow. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord's hand over this time together. Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts and change our lives, almighty God. Move us even tonight into a realm of the supernatural, maybe that we've never experienced before. God, I just pray that, Lord, even the very same things that we read about in the Bible, Lord, let us experience in whatever measure you would allow us, let us experience, Lord, the same supernatural encounters and power that we see released in the Bible. Oh Lord, I just thank you for this evening. Bless us as we open your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to talk tonight about angels and dreams. Angels and dreams. I, I know, uh, man, angels is kind of a taboo topic with the church. I know I know there have been movements that that you know really get angel crazy and uh uh you know everything's an angel you feel an angel but I uh, uh I feel like what what happens sometimes is uh we become fearful. Now and I'll just say from the get go, we're not the type of people we're going to pray for angels. Uh, I'm going to tell you you're not going to seek angels. If you ever have an angelic encounter, you're not going to worship that angel. Are you guys trekking with me so far? We, we, we're very cautious about the way we approach it. But I feel like there, have been, there has been such a hesitancy because we've seen where certain movements and people have gone wrong. 
seeking angels or praying to angels that the reaction is to go to the polar opposite side well we just better not talk about that at all we just better not touch that at all and we're not going to study that we're not going to allow the lord to do that for us and and i don't i don't want to live in that place i say if god wants to visit us with angels then praise god let them come speak to us let them visit us we see so many times in fact as i as i read just the what I call the Christmas story, as I began to work through the Gospel of Matthew and I began to look at Luke, one of the things that I noticed is just there are angels all over this story. In fact, we read one of them. An angel came to Joseph in a dream. There in verse 20, right? We read that. It talks about uh, uh, in, in, let's see, I, I wrote down a, the key verses. In verse uh, 13, right? Is that right? Chapter 2, I think. When they had departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And then again in verse 19, we see it. This is again Matthew chapter 2. When Herod was dead, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph while he was in Egypt. Over and over and over again, we see angels. And so tonight, what I want to do is we're going to talk about kind of the role of angels, some of the ranks of angels, and, and how I believe they can minister. And, uh, and we'll dispel some fallacies. Uh, I've heard people say, oh, you know, somebody who dies, oh, they've become an angel in heaven now. No, that's not true. In fact, uh, uh, you're, you're not going to become an angel one day. You're not going to get wings. Uh, uh, praise God. You don't want to be an angel. I'm just telling you. What God created you to be is actually better than angels. Angels serve you. Did you know that? Uh, uh, you might ask, Pastor, do you believe in guardian angels? Well, maybe I do. We're going to talk about it tonight, actually. Uh, my answer might surprise you. Uh, but, man, angels, this is a really cool topic. So, uh, I don't know if you've got a notebook uh, or, or you may take your phone because I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some good points tonight and uh, this is a good note-taking night okay so first of all there are two major divisions of angels that I, I want you to be aware of the first division of angels is what we would call fallen angels fallen angels does anybody know another name for fallen angels Demons, yeah, demons or devils, right? And so uh, these, uh, these are evil in nature. These are, uh, in fact, if you ever have somebody come and visit you and they're impersonating a, a loved one who's gone to be with the Lord, that's not your cousin come back to visit you. That's not grandma come back to visit you. And I'm, I'm, I want to be sensitive because I know some people have had, I, I'll never forget there was a family in our church and they like kept on having this knocking thing, and it was shortly after their mother had died, and they were just so so sure mom is coming back to visit us. Oh, that's just mom saying, and I'm like, that's not your mom. That's what that's what I would call a familiar spirit. There are demonic spirits that follow around people. They know people's lives, and so when they come, they appear and they can represent things that resemble somebody you knew. So we don't want to mess around with that. If, if grandma comes hanging around your house, I, I know it may tug on your heartstrings, but that's, that's exactly how the enemy works. There's this, uh, man, I, I just miss them so much. And I know you do. I know you do. 
but you don't tolerate anything that's not of the Lord to come into your house. When, when somebody dies, there's only one of two places that anybody goes after they die. They either go into the presence of the Lord or they go out of the presence of the Lord. They don't get to hang around. They don't get to spend time here. So if something that seems familiar to a relative is hanging around your house and it's not God, then chances are it's a fallen angel. And so, uh, listen, and God cares about the fact that you miss your relatives, okay? And this is what I do, man. I, I had heartache over people that, I, that I've lost and gone to be with the Lord. And, and I just, you know, I, I don't talk to them. I don't pray to them. But I might say, Jesus, hey, could you pass this message along? Would you, would you mind to give, uh, give, you know, I, my mind goes to Steve Hill. He was, my, he was my spiritual papa, you know. And I just, well, would you give him a hug? You know, I have the feeling that sometimes he's just hanging around Jesus, pulling on his robe. Hey, bless those people. Pour out your spirit on them. I, I'm sure he's making intercession still. Uh, and so, uh, but there's fallen angels. This came, we see uh, Satan. He led a rebellion against God. So not only is Satan a fallen angel, uh, and you can write this down. This is a good quote. Uh, not only is Satan a fallen angel, but he is a stupid fallen angel. <laughs> Only an idiot would think, I'm going to lead a rebellion against God Almighty, thinking he was going to exalt himself above the Lord, uh, and that didn't work out very well. Uh, the Bible says he saw, uh, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And Revelation gives us a little insight in that as well. It says that he saw the dragon, the serpent of old, fall. And a third of the angels, or a third of the stars, it actually says, were drawn out of heaven with him. And so that's where we get the idea that a third of heaven third of the angels fell with Satan, with Lucifer. And so I want you to think about this. If a third of the angels fell, how many, Gabriel, you love fractions in math, don't you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's been, he's, they're doing all this homeschooling and he's been tutoring with his, oh my goodness. I, I can't even help him. They've changed math. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, like, this does not make sense to me. I don't know. How do fractions change? I don't understand. This is multiplication, whatever. But uh, if there's a third that fell with Satan, how many are left in heaven? Two-thirds. Yeah, that's right. Okay, did you, did you get that one, Gabriel? A third fell. There's two-thirds that are left. That means that the devil and his minions are outnumbered at least two to one. That puts the odds well in the favor of God Almighty. And so be encouraged. There are, there are fallen angels, but they're outnumbered. They've already been defeated because of the effective work of Jesus. Now, the second major uh, category of angels, of course, are uh, we're, we're going to call... We're just going to call angels, okay? There are, there are angels of the Lord. You've got fallen angels and you've got angels that belong to the Lord. And there's a couple ranks. Now, this is, this is so cool. The first and the highest rank is what we would call, anybody know what's the highest rank of angel there is? The archangel. Yeah, you got it. And so, if you're taking notes, you write that down. The highest rank of angel is the archangel. Now, many traditions, this is a, this is a neat kind of study, uh, but many traditions actually teach that there are seven archangels. Uh, Catholics teach that and it's out of their tradition uh, they teach that there's seven uh, archangels the book of 
Enoch actually teaches also, and uh, I've, got, I've got certain opinions about the book of Enoch. Jesus quoted the book of Enoch. Jude quoted the book of Enoch. Uh, I've got a sense that at least the first book of Enoch might actually belong in the Bible. That's my personal opinion. But in the book of Enoch, it actually names seven different archangels and even some of the roles that they play. But did you know in our Bible, what we accept, the 66 books of the Bible, do you know how many archangels are named? I know I'm I'm putting a lot of questions back on you guys. Does anybody know how many archangels are actually named in the Bible? Two, five. Three. What do you think they are, son? What do you? But who? Do you know who they are? Huh? He's just he's shy. Let me. So let me just tell you, the Bible actually only explicitly names one archangel, only one. Did anybody say one? Okay. Okay. How many of you said two? How many of you said three? Okay, I, I would actually, so it, ex, it says explicitly that there are, there is one, but I think personally that there were three, and I'll, I'll tell you exactly why I think that. The Bible only names one, and that's in Jude 1, 9. It says, yet the, Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. By the way, that's a great deliverance prayer right there. If you don't know how to pray and you feel like the devil's coming against you, you just take the very words that Michael, the archangel, used against Satan himself. The Lord rebuke you. That's a good prayer. That's in Jude 1, 9. So he calls him an archangel. Now, most of us would agree that Gabriel is an archangel. He's mentioned in Daniel and he's mentioned uh, all throughout the New Testament. He was the one who announced the birth of Jesus Christ. And so most accept that Gabriel is an archangel. And the other named angel who I think was an archangel was Lucifer. I believe that Lucifer was an archangel. In fact, you'll see that they really embody their three roles and what we see about them in Scripture embodies most of what we handle in the church actually today. You have Gabriel, who's over messages, right? He's a messenger angel. Every time he shows up, he's delivering a message. He's sharing things uh, that are about to happen. You'll notice that every time Michael is seen in Scripture, Michael the archangel He's warring. He's fighting. He's fighting the devil. He's fighting the prince of Persia and Daniel. Uh, constantly going at war over different over different things. Uh, uh, and then, of course, we see Lucifer. Does anybody know what Lucifer was before he fell? He was a worshiper. In fact, Ezekiel is crazy. He talks about how he literally had. Uh, pipes and, and, and instruments of wind and, and drums and percussion cymbals actually built physically into his body. It's very, very interesting. And the Bible also says that he was beautiful. Beautiful. Some of us get this really ugly, hideous picture of what Satan might look like. No, be, be careful because the Bible says that Satan himself can even disguise as, a, as an angel of light. 
He might show up and it's the most glorious and beautiful thing that you've ever beheld. And, and you wonder why sometimes people can be seduced and listen to the things that, uh, well, that's how the devil approaches. It's, it's appealing. And so, so Daniel talks about Michael in Daniel chapter 10 and Daniel chapter 12. It talks about Michael fighting in the heavens. Um, and then also, well, maybe I'll skip that. Does it bother you guys when I share, like, what Enoch or what, what these are? I think it's kind of interesting. And I want you to know where I stand with this is I'm never going to build doctrine off of Enoch or Maccabees or the book of Tobit, right? Uh, these, uh, what they would call the apocryphal books. Uh, uh, they are of historical value, but we don't base our doctrine on them. I'm not going to, uh, we're not going to add fundamentals or uh, foundational doctrines for our faith out of those books. But the book of Tobit does mention another archangel, the archangel Raphael. And it gives his, uh, his role as well, but we won't talk about that because it's not in the Bible, not my Bible anyway. So there's a, a couple others that are mentioned, and, um, but we won't talk about that. Uh, there are a number of fallen angels that are named Apollyon and Abaddon in Revelation 9, as well as Beelzebub, the ruler of demons in Luke chapter 11, verse 15. So there's a number of named angels, both uh, angelic and both fallen angels. Now, the second rank of angels is cherubim. For those who are taking notes, you can write that down. C-H-E-R-I. Bum, B-U-M, cherubim. And uh, these guys are interesting. These are angels that are assigned to guard the throne of God. In Psalm 99.1, it says, The Lord reigns, let the people tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. Also, you'll notice when he gives Moses the instructions on how to build the Ark of the Covenant, on top of the Ark, he has two cherubim with their, with their wings outstretched, uh, covering the Ark, as well as in the decorations that are that are in um what is it uh etched i don't know what the right word is but uh, the decorations around the temple have cherubim on them and uh, and so we know that there are cherubim around the throne of god also now this is pretty cool when god kicked adam and eve out of the garden is a sad story this is what the bible says revelation 3 24 he drove out the man he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of eden and a flaming sword which turned every which way to guard the way to the tree of life nobody's getting back in there to do that so cherubim these are like guardian angels right for the lord the third rank of angels are you guys with me so far what was the first rank archangels archangels what was the second one cherubim so if you get an eye now think about this warrior guardian angels with floating whirling swords if you get the picture of a floating baby playing a harp when you think about cherubs 
That's the wrong picture. I think we get so much of this, the, this backwards, right? And I think Hollywood, I think the devil's absolutely in it. We get the picture of the devil, and boy, he's big, and he's scary, and he's got flames all around him. And, and you got angels, and they're just floating chubby babies, like on a cloud, playing the harp, maybe Cupid, you know, with his little... Uh, that's not how the Bible describes these guys. In fact, let me, let me just keep on going, because we'll get into some descriptors in a minute. Uh, the third rank of angel is seraphim. S-E-R-A-P-H-I-M. Seraphim. These guys are cool. Seraphim literally means burning ones. They are the flaming ones. And these are guys that are seen worshiping around the throne of God. In Isaiah 6, 1 and 2, it says, The Lord seated on the throne. He's high and lifted up. The train of His robe filled the temple. And above it stood seraphim. Each had six wings. Oh my goodness. With two He covered His face. With two He covered His feet. With two He flew. And they cried one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of them that cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Oh my goodness. I get fired up just reading that. If you guys think that our worship is too loud, <laughs> just you're not going to enjoy heaven very much. These guys are shouting to the degree that the posts, and we got a nice post right here in the middle of our room. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm t- until we start seeing that thing shaking, we're not worshiping at the volume of heaven just yet. These guys, flaming angels around the throne, are shouting and crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Oh, and then that place is filled with smoke. Oh my goodness. You know, God does that kind of stuff. We see it twice in Scripture where the glory of the Lord filled the temple. uh, And uh, boy, you you know what happens? You know what tends to happen? Fire is somewhere there and smoke or glory is there as well. And, and I'm telling you, I, I believe for that kind of thing. The first, uh, and in fact, uh, oh man, I don't have time. There's this, there's this, what they call the eternal fire that they burn on the, uh, that they had before the altar, before the Lord. And it was a sacred fire. It wasn't just you, 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 you do your, uh, Zippo and uh, you know you just light the fire and no this was a sacred fire because the very first fire that was lit before the altar they actually worshiped and they prayed and the Bible says God sent fire from heaven and actually lit that fire and then it was the job of the priest to actually keep that fire burning before the Lord forever oh my goodness but you know what's incredible in Acts chapter 2 Think about what happened. Mighty, rushing wind came into the upper room. And then resting upon each of those who were believing were flames of fire. I tell you, that fire is not burning in the temple. In fact, the temple was destroyed in AD 70. It's not there any longer. But guess what? The eternal fire of God is still burning on the saints of God. And so it's our job to keep that fire burning and to continue worshiping before the Lord. We get to be flaming ones, seraphim, if you will, before the throne of Almighty God. Oh my goodness. So I get blessed looking at angels. Oh my gosh. Number four, the fourth rank, and this is, this is what I want to share a couple of cool points about, is what we would call ministering spirits. 
ministering spirits. Uh, Hebrews 1 actually begins a, a discourse about ministering spirits. In fact, it says, uh, hey, uh, if you ever have a stranger who comes to your house, you make sure you're nice to that guy. Because he says, sometimes you might entertain angels unaware. Do you know that? You guys, I, I mean, this, this will trip your brains, okay? There may have been times in your life you don't even realize. Some random person shows up. You feel led to pick up the hitchhiker and take them a little way down the road. You feel led to go get a, a, an extra sandwich for somebody when you're going out to eat. Uh, you know, there, maybe somebody shows up and you help them uh, uh, fix a flat tire or something like that. And after you're done blessing them, serving them, whatever, you turn around and they're not there anymore. I've heard stories like this, man. You, 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 where did they go? You may have just been entertaining an angel who was just hanging out on the earth for a time and you didn't even know that they were there. In fact, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm remembering. I could tell so many stories, but I'm remembering uh, uh, the pastor. We were on staff with a church in Dallas and there was a, they were in a building project. And how many know, guys? I mean, we're in a building project. That's prime time for miracles right there. You put yourself in a position, God, I don't know how we're going to pay $22,000 on this building, but I trust you. In any event, these guys were in a building project, and they had like, you know, I don't know. It was a ridiculous amount of money. The church was small at the time, and they had... I don't know, the, the pastor doesn't even remember the exact numbers, so I can't make up those numbers, but it was a large amount of money, 100000 something like that, that they needed to raise. During their midweek Wednesday night service, there was a random person who showed up at the church. They received the offering, and at that time what they would do is they had a box down at the front, and when it came time for the offering, people would come down, they would drop their offering, and then, you know, and then they would go. And so uh, at the end of the service, they received, and this mystery person came and dropped like $20,000 check in the box and left. Didn't greet anybody, didn't say anything. And uh, uh, so the next day, the finance office is going through, they're counting the offerings, and they see this massive check. They're like, oh my goodness. Well, guess what? The next week, midweek service, this same person shows up. Yeah. Now they get excited. We need to meet this person. We need to find out who this person is. Same deal happens. They go through the service, and the, at the end of the service, they're receiving the offering. Here comes this same person, drops the check. And before they are able to, I mean, now the pastor and some of the other leadership, they're trying to, like, they want to connect with this person before, before they leave. This time, they drop like $40,000 in the offering. I, I know the total ended up being somewhere around $100,000 or $120,000 this person ends up giving. They end up dropping this massive offering, and again, they bolt for the door, and they're out before anybody's able to find them. Week three, they come. Same thing. And finally, finally, the pastor's just like, listen, on the check, doesn't it say their name and their address? Yeah, go to their house. We're going to find out who this person They go to the address. There's not a house there. There's no house there. It doesn't exist. And so they go, and they're like, well, did these checks clear? Like we sent them to the bank and like, yep, sure enough. They went into the bank and yeah, everything went through. And uh, I'm just, uh, to this day, they are convinced. That was an angel three weeks in a row that came into their service and let them pay so that they didn't foreclose on their building. You guys, God, God does crazy things. I'm just telling you. Be nice to people. 
<laughs> be nice to people. You don't want to be a jerk to somebody. You get to heaven and you see this person you were a jerk to and realize, oh, <laughs> oh, you're an angel. <laughs> uh, sorry, you know. So, right? And so you've got ministering spirits. Let me tell you a couple of things that they do. We've talked, first of all, about how they minister to the Lord. We see that in Revelation 5 and Isaiah 6. In Ezekiel 1, we get these awesome glimpses into heaven. And we always see angels ministering to and for the Lord. They're, they're worshiping Him. They're declaring who He is. There's moments like Isaiah, I have unclean lips. And so an angel, a cherubim, will go and gain, uh, you know, take a coal from the altar and impress it upon his lips. And now he's cleansed. And so they'll, they'll work and minister on behalf of the Lord. But here's the coolest thing. Now this is where, this is where I want us to really begin to open our heart. This is what I want for us. The second area angels minister is ministering angels bring messages from heaven. Ministering angels bring messages from heaven. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, the angel said, now this is, this is a, an angel speaking to shepherds in the field. It's part of a Christmas story, right? Do not be afraid. Let's pause there for a second. You remember a second ago I was talking about how I feel like we get the image of angels and demons kind of flip the wrong way? The way the Bible describes angels will freak your brains out. I mean, these guys are 20 foot tall. They've got floating swords, right? They've got, I mean, they're engulfed in fire. In fact, read Ezekiel, man. Ezekiel saw some weird stuff. Angels that have four faces. Angels that are covered in wings and their wings are covered in eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> now you tell me that you wake up in the middle of the night and floating above you is this winged figure covered in eyeballs and you're not going to be freaked out over that? No, that's going to freak you out. And that's why every time, look, I mean, seriously, look at, the, look at these accounts in Scripture. Every time angels show up, they say, don't be afraid. <laughs> why? Because they're scary. You notice every time we see demons in Scripture, what are they doing? Jesus, leave us alone. Jesus, what do you have to do with us? They're the ones who are scared. I don't know where we get this thing backwards. Boy, if you see demons manifesting, don't be afraid. You have a nightmare, you feel some dark presence. Listen, they will try and intimidate you, but that is a little imp. You, you deal with that thing like a rat that's come into your room. Where you ought to get concerned is if angels start showing up. Ooh, oh my goodness. That'll freak you out. So don't be afraid, as he says in Luke 2. He says, uh, I be, uh, don't be afraid. I bring to you good tidings of great joy for all the people. Now, what you want to notice, and this is very important for us to understand. Angels... If you ever have a visitation from an angel, and I'm sharing this for a reason, you guys. I believe for this kind of thing. I think if you hang around this church long enough that some of you are going to start coming back with stories of, I had an angelic encounter. I was in prayer the other day, and I had an angel speak to me. I had a dream that an angel came, and this is what they said. I believe that for you. 
I believe that for me. And here's the things that we need to be mindful of. They speak on behalf of God. Angels never speak on their own authority. Joseph Smith had an angel that appeared to him. And the angel said, uh, I am Moroni. And there, there's more than what the Bible would reveal to you and gave him extra books. And then he gave him magic glasses to read those books. This is where we get the Book of Mormon. This is a, a false religious system that was birthed out of what I believe was a demonic visitation. And, and there's a lot we could disprove the theology these guys believe wild things, okay? But this came out of an angelic encounter that the would-be man of God did not run through Scripture. Does this agree with what the Bible says about angels, about Jesus, about Revelation? Well, and, uh, you know, because the Bible says you're not to add anything to this Scripture. It's one of the last verses. And, and you look at the book of Revelation. In fact, the Bible says that if you add Scripture, if you add to the Bible, the Lord is going to add curses unto your life. The curses that are in the Bible, he's going to add that. To, don't add to the Bible. Don't take away from the Bible. We accept the Bible. We believe the Bible. If an angel comes and talks to you, awesome. Run what they say through Scripture. And if it's not in agreement, or if they're saying something extra, I have no, I don't think that sounds right, then boy, you better run away from that thing so fast. You better rebuke that thing so fast. Come to me. I'll pray for you. We're going to pray that nothing else comes in your house like that. They don't speak of their own authority. Galatians 1.8 says, If we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than what we've preached to you, let them be accursed. There's another gospel. doesn't matter if an angel comes to you and says it. If that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ, let it be accursed. It's the Greek word anathema. It's one of the heaviest words for cursing and condemnation in all of the Bible. We're not doing that. Amen? Amen. In Luke 1.19, Gabriel gives his credentials, the archangel. He says, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. This is when he was speaking to Zacharias, prophesying the birth of John the Baptist. And uh, here's what's interesting about the Christmas story. And I think I'm going to stop after this um, because I, I want to minister some, some things before we end our time together here. Here's what's wild. And here's where I think it can really minister to us tonight. In Matthew 1.20, what we read earlier tonight, an angel came to Joseph in a dream. Same thing in Matthew 2.12. The Magi were warned, don't go back to Herod. They were warned in a dream. In Matthew 2.13, an angel again appeared to Joseph in a dream. In Matthew 2.19, an angel again appeared to Joseph, any guesses? In a dream. There is this very close connection that we see between angelic visitation and dreams. Now, this is what's wild about this. Again, I'm familiar with what Catholics have to say about archangels, and I... Take it for what it's worth. Again, if I can see it in the Bible. You don't know where Catholics come up with some of their extra ideas. Like, where, where does purgatory come from? They believe that the Pope is on the same authority as the Bible. 
And so if the Pope says something, then it's just as if Jesus or the Apostle Paul said something. We don't believe that because we're not adding to Scripture. We already talked about that, right? But that's where you wonder, like, well, how do you believe in purgatory? The Bible says nothing about purgatory. It says nothing about indulgences. It says nothing about a whole number of items. Mary is not the mother of God. That's a big one. Mary's not the mother of God. Jesus was eternally existent. He was born in human form of a virgin. But you'll notice, even in the Bible, this is very important. Order is important. And you'll notice as you read the Christmas story, Talks about Mary, says Mary. It talks about Jesus, says Jesus. But if it talks about both of them together, you'll notice that it always puts Jesus' name before Mary's. The Bible gives him preference far above Mary. Now listen, Mary is incredible. That's another one I feel like, kind of like angels. I feel like we've dogged on Mary so much because we don't want to be like the Catholics that we've just like totally taken away uh, the significance of an awesome woman of God. Mary was incredible. She was a woman of God. I don't pray to her, but I thank God for her. In fact, I love, you you guys ever listen to Mark Lowry? (laughs) You ought to just, just look up Mark Lowry. He's a Christian comedian. He's the guy who wrote the song, Mary, Did You Know? He wrote the song, Mary, Did You Know? And uh, he, he stands up, I think it was at the Dove Awards or something like that, and he's welcoming. We got any Pentecostals in the house? And everybody cheers. And we got any Lutherans in the house? We got any Baptists? And, you know, and he says this thing, which I just love. He's like, you know what's so fun? Somebody's wrong about what we believe. But then he goes on, do we have any Catholics in the house? And, and a number of Catholics, and he's like, say hi to Mary for me. We're not allowed to talk to her. But tell her thanks for that song. <laughs> Mark Lowry, you just got to search him. He's, he's great. Uh, what was I talking about? So, um, oh, so traditions of angels. Now, this is, this is what's interesting. So the Catholics, they have a belief about the angel Gabriel. I hadn't seen it in Scripture, and so I wasn't willing to embrace this. The Jews have a specific belief about Gabriel. But just earlier this week, I saw something by uh, as a, as a theologian by the name of John Gill. He was a theologian from the 1700s, and he did a teaching about Gabriel using the Bible, not traditional sources, but the Bible, about how Gabriel's primary responsibility as messenger angel is he's responsible for dreams and the distribution of dreams. So dreams that come from the throne room of God, the archangel Gabriel may actually delegate a ministering spirit, a ministering angel, and say, hey, go tell Janetti this. And, and Janetti, in the middle of the night, has a, has a dream that she senses is from the Lord. And guess what? Gabriel might have commissioned that dream to be released over your life. I don't know if that does anything profound for us, but I tell you, if you're a prophetic dreamer, guess what? You're closer to angelic encounters than you might even realize. What I want to do tonight is I want to pray, and uh, I've got a couple other things. You know, angels deliver messages, and they, they help instruct God's people. Let me tell you, I do believe in guardian angels. I do believe there are angels assigned to your life. 
Uh, let me just encourage you with that. That'll be the last one that I share. Um, because you might remember, in fact, it's kind of a humorous thing. When Peter is let out of prison, um, he's having this experience as he's being let out of prison. Now, the people are at the church. They're praying for him. And he can't tell if he's having a dream or if this is a real angel that's there with him. You guys remember this story? It's in Acts chapter 12. He can't, re- he can't tell. Is this a dream or is this really happening? But this angel, you know, kicks him in the side. The Bible says he smote him upon the side. And uh, his, he woke up, his chains fell off, and the, he just begins going. He's leading him, the doors are opening, and uh, eventually he's out in the middle of the street, Free! And you're like, I better go home. So he goes back to his house where people are gathered praying. He knocks on the door, and a little girl looks through it like this little peephole, right? And uh, that can't be Peter. Peter's in jail. They go back in, and do you remember what their conclusion was? They don't let him in. They say, it must have been his angel. Well, that's weird. Why would they think that was his angel? I've got a couple things that I could say about this, but I do believe, and there's this, and there's, a, there's another verse that talks about how our angels are constantly before the Lord, and uh, even about, I don't have time for it, how we will one day judge angels. Did you know that? This is what I believe is going to happen. There's an angel that is assigned to your life. And I believe that angel, oddly enough, even resembles you. Isn't that weird? So there's an angel out there somewhere that looks like Seth. And one day, Seth is going to be in heaven. He's made it into heaven, praise God. And, uh, and the Lord is going to ask him, Now, Seth, I want to show you all of the things that your angel did on your behalf. He's going to begin to show you these moments where you should have died. But an angel intervened, and you didn't even know it. Right? There's these moments where, where, where something should have happened. Boy, I, I had a cancer in my body. And this angel came and he brought his flaming sword and just, you know, just burned that thing right out of you. And you're going to get to heaven. He's going to show you. You're going to know in full. And he's going to ask you, now, Seth, do you think your angel did a good job guarding your life? It'll be your job to judge whether or not he did a good job. It'll be for you to decide. But... Uh, Boy, what a fascinating idea. So you ought to take some comfort. You can rely on angels. It doesn't mean be reckless in your life. Now again, and I want to be very clear about this before I close up our message. Question. Do you pray to angels? Yes or no? No. If I ever catch you praying, Gabriel, send me a dream tonight. I will slap you if I find you doing that. Now you can pray to the Lord. Lord, I would sure love to have some dreams tonight. Would you release ministering angels, carrying messages? You can do that. But you just make sure you're asking Jesus. You don't pray to angels. But I mean, some of you, have you ever had an experience where you're in a place of prayer? I've had it sometimes in church service. where I'm, I'm worshiping and I feel like somebody comes and stands next to me or behind me. And I look, there's nobody there. I believe angels are a lot closer, a lot more often than you and I might even recognize. There are angels that are assigned to your life, assigned to your children, 
That's a comforting thought right there. So you can trust the Lord. You don't pray. You don't, I'm not asking my angels for help or anything like that. We're praying to the Lord. But you've got angels there. Boy, they sure can do a lot of things. And it's really cool. But that's another teaching for another time.